0: Welcome to the Logically Faithful show, this is Kaldun Swice, Associate Professor of Philosophy at the City Colleges of Chicago and Tutor of Philosophy of Religion at Oxford University. And Logically Faithful is where we engage culture redemptively and address suffering productively. However, this particular show, we move away from our normal paradigm of addressing issues on a high metaphysical nature and address issues on a more experiential nature, specifically the problem of masculinity and femininity. And even trying to define them gets people into hot water nowadays. This particular show, I interview Denise McAllister, who's a New York Times bestselling author and someone who's not afraid to address these issues. Please give her a hearing, and I would appreciate your thoughts on the show by leaving a review for us on iTunes or subscribing on the Logically Faithful website. It would help me to continue doing what I'm doing. God bless. Go ahead and get started. I have a special guest today that deals specifically with this issue, Denise McAllister.
1: Oh, Oh, thanks thanks
0: for for having me. me. It's great to be here. You are a conservative writer. We have to define what that means. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And co-author of the New York Times best-selling Spygate. Um, But you also have a new book, which I can't wait to get. What Men Want to Say to Women But Can't. Um, Tell me, what what do we expect from this uh, book that's coming out?
1: Oh, this This is a study study of why men and masculinity masculinity are being aligned in our culture today and and how feminism, feminism, modern feminism, not traditional traditional feminism, feminism, has has set set itself in opposition to masculinity. And it explores the damage that this feminism has done to the relationships between men and women and what we do about it. And it's also, in, in doing that, a celebration of masculinity, which I think we don't get enough of in our culture today, to often we hear about toxic masculinity. Oh, we see men divided in every which way. And I think it's time to actually refocus and not only look and see what real masculinity is, but why it's good for us as a society as a society, as individuals and within our relationships
0: that's powerful that's definitely needed now Uh, we appreciate your work you're doing on that i remember when i was in um in uh finishing up my my uh my degree in philosophy we had a a few students in the class that were females and on the way out one day i'll never forget this i um i held the door for one of my female colleagues as she was walking out and then she scolded me she told me you would not have held the door for your male colleagues now would you You male chauvinist and uh, pig and all those other um, certain expletives that I shouldn't repeat right now came out. I I was in a state of complete shock at that point. Uh, I couldn't move for a while, just had never experienced something so vitriolic as uh, an act of chivalry would would imply. Uh, (laughs) This is the type of uh, mentality that's becoming more and more prevalent now with social media.
1: Well, I I think think many men have had had that similar sort of experience, if not the exact same one. I address this in my book, I tell a story of myself. myself. Where I'm at the store and I'm carrying out two loads of wood for my fireplace out of, the, out of the store, and it's raining, and I'm struggling to get my car. And this mm-hmm. man walks over and says, "You no, can I, you know, help you?" And I, I said, "Yes," and I handed it to him, and he immediately starts saying, "No, I'm sorry. I know you could do it yourself, but..." And I'm like, "No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. You, okay. you don't, don't need to apologize for helping me. <laughs> I, I truly do appreciate it." And and I commented that in that moment with him being able to use his masculine strength to help he me, because I to the car, yes, but it would have been more difficult alone. It was easier with his help. And I think that that kind of cooperation yeah. and complementary nature that we have with each other is what actually makes us our best. And when we admit that we need each other and aren't in competition with each other, that we're a lot happier. And that woman at that moment was seeing you through the paradigm as you, um, putting some kind of strength and privilege and her over her as if she is incapable, when that's not what you were doing, doing all, you were being
0: respectful to her. Hmm. It's interesting how that man had to apologize to you for that. Um, well, let's, um, let's get into some of this. So my, my, my program here is based on Christian uh, principles and apologetics, rooted in theology but grounded in philosophical um, evidence and, of course, empirical evidence when we can uh, pull that in. One of the, the the questions that comes up is what does it even mean to be a man and in, in being or a woman in these in this particular uh, cultural setting? Uh, you wrote in the Federalist, which uh, a great piece, where you said a real man was a man who used his strength to defend and cherish his family, community, and nation. Expand on that, and in, in the reference to the definition of what does it mean to be a masculine.
1: Well, I think you, you step back a little bit, and, and I think you'll appreciate, appreciate this as a philosopher, in yeah. understanding our identity. Okay. Who are we? What is, it, what is our nature? Not only as men and women, but as human beings. What does that mean? And when it comes to human nature, I kind of put it in three, three points. Okay. We're human beings, which we have characteristics that we share with other, uh, every other human being on the planet, objectively so. Um, We're either male or female those also are objective qualities both by our physical nature and by our, how our brains are made up and we're individuals and as individuals there's no one else like us in the entire world so there's kind of this hierarchy of identity in that you know we're human beings and we have a common male and female we're different but yet we still have the common eye with all of the women me with all of the men and as individuals you know we're unique and so as men and women What is is that that identity? What is that 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 objective identity? Because Because there's something objective there that's not not simply what I want want to imagine myself to be Mm -hmm. as an individual. And Mm -hmm. as men, you're obviously stronger. Anyone Anyone who who denies this doesn't really understand biology. This is just a fact. (laughs) Our brains are constructed differently and the male brain is very different from a woman's brain. And there's spectrums of this, of course. We're not cookie cutouts of each other. But there are, there are objective differences. Now, the question is, in a teleological frame, why are those differences? What is the purpose of our differences? And it's like we can ask, what is the purpose of us as human beings? We can answer that question. What is my purpose as an individual? That's what each one of us as individuals needs, needs to discover. But we also need to ask, You know, what is my my purpose purpose as a woman, as I have have been designed, and what is your purpose as a man, as you've been designed? And you can take cues from our physical and our mental state of being, of how we're designed. And obviously, we're different. And in that, in those differences, it's obvious from nature that they're complementary. I'm weaker than you, therefore. I would need what, in my sense of vulnerability, your protection. Protection, Um, As a woman who bears children, I'm very vulnerable in my childbearing and and quite quite valuable to the sustaining of life and and the species. Therefore, therefore I need to be protected and provided for in those times when I can't provide for myself because I'm busy caring for children. These, these, you know, so this puts us in the frame of man as provider, as protector, these are things that are rooted in the very essence of his biology and his mentality, and even if you're not acting out those actions at the moment, even if you don't have children around them, that, that's part of your nature, and it makes up who you are as men and women. You know, instead of so this provider, protector, and also just procreator, you're made to, have sex with women and, and to produce children, that your responsibilities there as as the leader and as a protector and provider in that sets you as a, a leadership role within that paradigm, which is something feminists don't like to hear. But with that leadership comes great responsibilities, and with the role as protector comes great responsibilities. And we, we should appreciate that as women, <laughs> but too awesome. often, feminists don't that's well, a long answer
0: to your question yes yes no no well, well said there uh, there's so much more to say about this i uh the modern feminist movement with Beauvoir and others uh that's grown and and, and exploded in the last uh, few decades uh has has had some backlash uh, against uh, in in the with the transgender movement moving forward and challenging the very notion of what it means to be a woman or a man. Uh, coming up to us uh, on a deep epistemological level. The questions have come up of what does it mean to be gendered as opposed to sexual, and the modern scholars in the university setting and the academia are challenging the very notion, which is seeping itself into modern sitcoms, where people are able to define themselves as they see fit. Uh, Any comments on the difference between gender and sexuality, biological as opposed to mental or psychological?
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. we, this distinction the distinction in gender used to be more of just a masculine. Essence, or feminine essence, essence. of our thinking, and mm-hmm. which you, know, you can have a complex mix within any given human being of, of the two. We're made in the image of God. God is His being. The essence of God's being is masculine and feminine. So in our in our reflection of His image, we do have both. But He made us purposely when He made us physical creatures. He made us male and female, and in that in that separation and that distinction in order for us to come together in a relationship that could produce more physical beings, there are distinctions. The problem, even though we still retain that kind of mix of God's image of that masculine and feminine, and you can get into animus and anima about all of that, you know, and the archetypes, and we can have a long discussion about that, which really can get quite boring, but... <laughs> now, as far as but but what's going, going with our attitude instead of going through that, that, because I think many of us will agree that, that there's a spectrum of gender, and masculine, and feminine, some, some, some men have, have more feminine, feminine mentality and, and some women have more masculine. masculine. That's, That's not what's happening in the transgender movement. And I, as soon as, as they, they start, start talking, talking that way, I, I confront them and them say, okay, okay we, can we can all agree about the different distinctions, of masculine and feminine, within the human psyche. You're not talking about that anymore. You are transgressing transgressing the human biology um, with that kind of mentality about gender distinctions. You are actually making sex changes. You're not doing, hey, I can dress like a boy, or hey, I'm a guy, I really do like to braid my hair. That's not where we are anymore, and don't pretend like you were talking about that. You're actually taking your materialism Your subjectivism to its logical conclusion and redefining and reconstructing yourself and saying that you have control over nature itself. When really, at the end of the day, as C.S. Lewis said in Abolition of Man, you're going to have nature come back and kick you in the butt and have control over you because ultimately, when you give yourself over to these subjective constructs, you're putting yourself. Uh, You you know, in the power of those who also have power over your own subjective construct. So what I'm saying there is that people are defining themselves instead of allowing themselves to be defined um,
0: according to objective realities.
1: Um, both by that God created them and as biology and nature reveals itself in nature. There's a great denial and tyranny of subjectivism going on today in which people are like, I can even change my body to be something that I'm not. So it was a distortion and a twisting of reality and it's staring in the, in the face, the very fact that you've got to do all the, get all these links to actually change your body and your physicality in order to be something you're not. So whenever you're talking to people and they start going on about gender, I'm like, just stop. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about gender anymore. Definitely not gender like it used to be talked about 100 years ago. You're actually talking about reframing and reconstructing your sex mm-hmm. and your physical reality into something that it is not. Hmm.
0: And the consequences for that for culture could be uh, problematic to say the least. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have students in my classes um, who, who identify as something other than uh, their perceived sex uh, and there's a lot of questions about how to approach this uh, in a kind and, and um, loving, compassionate fashion at the same time to, to stand up for what is true, good and beautiful in a deep um, ideological sense. Uh, any any wisdom for people, especially professors in my setting, how to deal with students, or even administrators who bring in all these people, come in and teach us how to be more tolerant. It seems more like indoctrination than education in, in some levels. But nevertheless, I want to I want to get your feedback. No
1: can I comment on that? And I, think, I, think, I think there's two things, I mean there's one thing, there's two two elements here, there's either talking about the issue in the abstract, like you're teaching a class and we're talking about sexuality and all this, right. and then you're sitting down with someone as an individual one on one who thinks that they're the opposite sex. In the latter, you're going sh- be kind and loving and obviously not beat this person up. They're they're obviously troubled. Um, And you have a different kind of conversation. But when you're in the public eye, or I think when you're talking about principles and authority structures within the classroom and objective realities, you don't have to be ugly about it, but you hold true to and challenge them on their presuppositions, and their presupposition is inevitably subjective, they're letting themselves be defined by their own imaginations and their own subjective views. And in doing that, you have to warn them, if you can change yourself according to your own subjective truth, then anyone with power over you will be able to change you as well and impose their ideas of their subjective understanding the truth onto you. It slowly becomes a power dynamic there. And that's why this is so dangerous for society. Some people are like, and no, what does it matter you know, if someone wants to be trans? Well, it matters because reality matters. Objective reality matters. And we live in a community, and how we think about these things affect each other and our relationship with each other.
0: Recently in the Olympics, there's been some work you've tweeted about this uh uh, some of the uh, some of the women even feminists have been arguing against allowing trans men to join some of their sport teams um, but they're saying hey we identify as women so why aren't you allowing us in and the obvious reason is well you, uh, you're
1: uh, not a woman period
0: identify you identify as a woman you're not a woman, so define a woman for us
1: well let's, well, let's start, start with with the design. Design. we have to
0: do that in this culture but go ahead
1: no, it's true. Let's just start with a real vagina, mm-hmm. not one that's cut out and made, that leaves the rest of its life, um, not in a period way. So, there's also DNA, mm-hmm. which is different from men, and, and I don't want to hear from the people saying about the 1.0002% of hermaphrodites yeah. in the world. Yeah. Those are obviously... Um, malformations of, of the development of the DNA there. That's mm-hmm. not that's not a new identity. We mm-hmm. have two age, we, we have two gender, we have, have two sexes, and we can't even use the term gender anymore because it means sex now. We have two sexes, one female and male by, by DNA, by brain development, brain makeup, and by the physical body. And one of our problems with also that we need what we need to hit home on this issue is that we cannot separate our body from our spirits and our minds. We are fully integrated human beings. And our bodies are not just some kind of exterior materialistic thing that we can reconstruct according to our imagination that's dehumanizing to us. Right. That is breaking us up into little just pieces, cut out pieces that no longer has a form of humanity. Human beings you know, are cohesive. Right. Our identity is cohesive our sexuality is cohesive, how we think in our bodies and everything is connected, is cohesive. Um, I mean that's why it used to be when, when you had mental ill patients who were delusional. Yes. One of the things you would have them do in therapy when they were having delusional moments and out of touch with reality, would you have them pinch themselves. Hmm. Or you have them take a cold shower, or do something to let them, to get them in touch with their bodies, which is real. It is, it is a touchstone of, 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 some, of reality that God has made for us, and He gave us. We're not just spirits or minds drifting around on the planet, taking on materialistic things as, as we wish. He gave us bodies to suit the the spirit that dwells in that body, and they're connected and they're They're not just to be cut cut up and into our own imaginations but but to be honored according to how they've been designed for a reason
0: for that reason right i've always reflected upon that that there is a masculine and a feminine soul as much as there is a masculine feminine body it's integrated like you said it's a whole unit I like how you mentioned C.S. Lewis about this, where the, the body and the soul are, um, are integrated to who we are as a being, as a father, as a husband, as a man. I can't just separate that into one sexual actor into my anatomy, my physical anatomy.
1: But well, it's reductionistic to do that. I mean, we have materialistic reductionism going on. Mm-hmm. And um, you can mm-hmm. find this in ideologies to this as well, where you reduce people to a very tiny point. And that's not who we are. I mean, we are complex. I mean, even within our soul, there is this this mesh of masculine and feminine, like I said, because we're made in the image of God, right? Um, and God is spirit, and in that spirit is masculine and feminine whether like he is, is not, not male, male or female yeah. um, and they're and they're in the his image, image. But yet, in, 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 in God's creation of the two, two parts of that, into the male and female, is tied to our bodies. This is why Christianity is different from some other more dualistic kind of um, faiths and philosophies, that we value the body, and we talk about the resurrection of the dead, and and the body is very important and very much part of our humanity, and it's constructed in a way um, to honor and reflect the image of God's glory. And in the fall, of course, it's been broken, we die, we get diseased, um, we don't function properly. Um, but there is a, a image of God in our bodies as well as our spirits that we need to honor. And they're connected. And in our society now being so reductionistic and materialistic, it has thrown that out. And in doing that has uh, corrupted the body and therefore corrupted the soul and dehumanized people.
0: Hmm. I wonder with with that issue of dehumanizing. We have to define what it means to be human is <coughs> to be a sexual being. Uh, right. It's not possible to be one without inserting that into our identity. Uh, well, like so, the hierarchy I
1: said, said, the understanding the hierarchy the, the, the tri, tri- hierarchy, is, it, hierarchy, as I put it, of our identity, identity being human, male or female, female, female and, then and then individual, individual. and you, know, yeah, you, you have, have to understand. What each of those are and objectively and subjectively and how they are integrated and what their purpose are, what the purpose of each is and how they are cohesive and when they're not, that's when we find chaos and disruption and confusion
0: and we find it in our personal lives, we find it in society and we, we are a society in an identity crisis,
1: that's the core problem within our society, we do not have a sense of identity. We, we think, think we, we do, do it's, it's ironic, ironic because we all we hear about, about all the time, the time is identity gender identity political identity identity, identity politics my, my own identity, identity I can get any I can, identity I want to be we hear it nonstop. but <laughs> the irony is, is that no one, one knows what, what identity means
0: so help us out here uh, okay. so you have a young man who uh, once his mother is yelling at him to act like a man or a young girl's father is telling her act like a lady uh, when we have divorce the very concept of what it means to be a lady or a man from a divine perspective or telos. How can we possibly define it without some kind of reference point? now that you have this book out and we're talking about this, which I'm so glad you're doing and uh, I love that you're doing this and may your tribe increase.
1: May <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my tribe increase. <laughs> your your tribe, and I'll <laughs> join <laughs>
0: it. Let's, let's help the young men out there. Let's define for them, uh, or woman. let's go woman, because we talked about men in, uh, uh, for, for women now. How can a woman best express her femininity Mm-hmm. in a culture of the Me Too movement and, and, and co- toxic femininity or toxic masculinity, et cetera. Uh, ha, ha, speak to the young girls or young ladies that are listening to the show.
1: Okay, well, well first of all, let's talk about okay. your humanity.
0: Okay. Who are you as a human being?
1: And what does that mean? What is, and I like to talk in terms of roles, but it is purpose. Because, because what we, we do comes out of what our purposes. So, so as a human being... You are, and, and I'm, I am talking from a Christian presupposition here, mm-hmm. and those are my presuppositions, so okay. I don't think, you know, as a human your being, you are not simply a physical creature, but you are a spiritual creature, and life is found in the dialectic balance of your humanity between the two, well, I'm going to hear the who's fabulous on identity, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so when you understand that you're both a spiritual creature and a physical creature, so know that first, and that's the same with every other person on the planet. We all share that in common as an objective reality. We are also here very much in time, mm-hmm. but we are also eternal creatures, which means that we don't live only for the moment, but we also don't live only for eternal eternality either. We don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Right. Yeah, you know, so you know, we're both you know, as we're physical, we're um, we temporal, but we're also eternal. We're going to live forever, you know, in our spirit in a new body. So I mean, there is there is this complexity of being human that impacts how you live your life. So what does that mean practically? It means that you can't just go and just do whatever you want to feed your body and live materialistically without feeding your soul. Otherwise, you're going to live in despair. Hmm. So, as a human being, find the balance of understanding that you are a, a mind, a body, a soul that needs to be fed, and that you can't just live from materialistic ends, but yet you still have... Necessities to deal with You can't just live in the dream state You have necessities to deal with And so there's this balance of humanity So what is the purpose of this construction Of this eternal um, Creature that's also temporal And physical That's also spiritual Well God, cre- God created you To be in relationship And, and that's one thing that's key You're not, you're not created in isolation And you we were created not to be alone. And that, if you were first created to be in relationship with your creator, which makes sense. You're intrinsically connected to him. But as a person, as a human being, you are made to be in community. And why? What is the essence of human creation, the very essence and word that makes up humanity, and it's love. Mm. And and by that, I don't mean Hollywood love. I'm talking about real love, interaction, um, dependency, caring, selfless uh, to other people. It's, It's a bonding relationship of love. So as a human being, you're not created to just drift along on your own island to do what you want to do. Your purpose here as a human being is to love your Lord and to love other people. Hmm. Peter Kid. That's your purpose. As it's all of our purposes. And it doesn't change, it's never changed, it's been our purpose from day one and it will continue to be.
0: Obviously, we don't don't live
1: according to it, (laughs) but that's the story of the fall. Um, But that's our goal, that's our purpose, that's our our us. And um, and so, that's the first thing I would say to her. And that that alone, when it comes to the practical outworking of just understanding your own humanity, (laughs) impacts (laughs) your choices in life, how, how you act, act, how you eat, eat what you do, you know, your interactions, interactions with other people. It's very, very profound just to even understand your community. And, and let's face it, I don't think most of our society, society even understands that, that aspect of their, their identity. identity.
0: They're being denied that at the academic level. We're not allowed to speak about it.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, we, 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 we abandon the spiritual aspect of it and become completely materialistic and we abandon one aspect of humanity. When yeah. We live only in this dream state, and I think this is the problem with the transgender. You yeah, know, We live both in a world of uh, manual necessity, that we have real life, physical things that are realities imposed upon us by reality and by nature, wow. by our own bodies, right. that we have to deal right. with. We, that doesn't mean we can't hope and dream and hope for change and, and, and imagine different things. But you can't live in the world of the imagination without being, you know, tethered to the reality. Just like you can't live in the, in the in reality only time and not think that there's any kind of creativity in life. And that, that, that leads us to despair as well. So we need to understand that there's this balance of humanity. And then as far as then the second layer of, of am to to a woman is that you're also a, a woman. Right. So what does that mean? As a human being, that overrides, being a human being overrides everything. Your sexuality does not negate anything about your humanity. Okay. <laughs> Nothing about me being a woman changes at all my responsibilities or my realities of being human. So I can't just be like a complete jerk to someone saying, well, hey, well I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, or just you know, i want to live on an island alone and be a raw rock guy and be independent in this kind of realistic uh, you know uh, individualistic idea yeah. well no that may sound really good to your masculine sensibilities but that's not true to being a human being okay so when you, when you understand your sexuality you understand it's in the context of your community so what does it mean to be a woman so as woman i'm to do all the things, all I, things I am as a human being, being but, but as a woman. So what does that mean? Right? I have birth I babies. babies. That's the biggest, does that, does that mean you always have, have to? No, no. Mm-hmm. But, but it's something that you, that you have and that you're responsible for. So that, that means as far as the Me Too stuff, because, because, you, you, cannot, you, can because you cannot, you can get pregnant, there's always a possibility, unless you do you have a responsibility as a woman for your own womb. We hear a lot about my body, my choice. I like to say yes, my body, my responsibility. Hmm. And so I'm responsible for what goes into my womb, what goes into my vagina, and you know what I do with my body. And I can't blame anyone else for being raped, but I can't blame anyone else for what happens to my body through my choices. So as a woman, you have to take very, care, take very seriously your body as a woman. You're not a man. You know, a lot of these women, when it comes to sex, go out and start acting like dudes. Yeah. You know, and because birth control has given us this idea of liberty that I can act like guys and just have sex with anything without consequence. Um, and mm-hmm. like a man can. Not saying man should, but like a man can. And um, women don't. And so this is why they're angry, why they get the Me Too movement, why they have the abortion, why they worship the abortion. Abortion, birth control, sexual liberty is their driving momentum to try to be like men. Hmm. It's a denial of their own femininity, it's a denial of their own nature. And I, I hate this term when you talk to abortion pro-abortion people and say, you're forcing pregnancy upon me. Yes. The pro-life position is forced pregnancy. No, I'm, I'm not forcing pregnancy on you. Nature is. Your body is. You chose to have a man enter your body and deposit sperm inside of you. You chose that, your body took over as it naturally does because it's your body as a woman, and it made a baby that you are responsible for as a woman. So your body is forcing you to have that baby because that's nature. In a sense, you yourself are forcing you to have your baby
0: because you cannot separate your body from yourself. So we get, get back, back to the, the, to the human the, element. Yes, we go back to the Her, definition thing. Well, you, 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 yeah. you, you're you holding back a lot of punches here. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah. you, know, yeah. so yeah. you know, you have to take responsibility yeah. of understanding yeah. who you are as a woman. Yeah. The, other the other thing, thing is, is uh-huh. except for maybe some kind of weird, weird mutant, mutant out there, and I don't, I don't know, know who they, who they are, are, but they may be a mutant, but even, even a female mutant compared to a male mutant when it comes to strength is still weaker than a male mutant. So... Women are weaker than men. Our bone structure alone, even the strongest women, Mm -hmm. muscular, still have the bone structure of a woman that makes them weaker. Mm -hmm. Military studies have proven this time and time again on long hikes carrying loads, women's bones break. Like 70% more than men's do. So our bodies are weaker. And so this sets us up in a vulnerable frame. And you know, technology has made us live in this lap of, of imaginary ease, which is nice, but it still doesn't change our nature. And it still affects how we think. And um, we're still vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, vulnerability, you need to recognize, to recognize that. Recognize it as far as threats go. And recognize also as far as, as far your dependency on a stronger, and who might that be, men uh-huh. to protect you uh-huh. and uh-huh. your need for them. That's well, why also, uh,
0: weak men are so repulsive.
1: Yes, yes well, yeah, well, yeah, well, bad men are repulsive, but we need good yeah, men because there are bad, bad men. And so the fact is that the message there is whether you're dealing with bad men or the need of good men the whole point is is that women are weaker than men Mm -hmm. and the lie and the denial of a woman's sexuality is that she's not Mm -hmm. and that's a lie we're not superheroes i'm sorry all those little all those you know the avenger movies and the superhero movies that we love so much where women are kicking butt it's not real Mm -hmm. it's not real and not that women aren't in the military don't have guns and stuff to protect them, I'm telling you, you go opposite a man, you're going to get your butt kicked every time. Men, I've told women this before, I said, uh, like, just, most women are just average men, most, guy, most women are average women, and most men are average men, I said, go and have your, ask your boyfriend or your husband to pin you down the ground, using all the strength. Ask him to do it, and fight him, and see what you can do. <laughs> and you
0: um, and will find out how
1: strong a man is okay. Now, if, if you say, you know, I know karate and I can keep his butt And I'm like, okay, well, let's keep things equal, though Well, then, <laughs> then go fight another guy who also you know, has karate
0: right. <laughs> And he'll, 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 he'll destroy you
1: mm-hmm. I mean, I do not want to be in a war against men, ladies They will beat us every time mm-hmm. And the think that they won't Is just living in that delusional world that's disconnected from the reality
0: which takes us back to the men issue the responsibility and the uh the wonder that god has given us uh to protect and provide for the woman in our lives to be that shoulder that pillar for them yes yeah, the
1: yes it's
0: wonderful let's let's t- take it back to the woman issue again um let's talk about uh since we're on the hot topics why not stay there uh, let's, let's talk about uh, uh, modesty. So a woman is to express her femininity. It's part of who she is. it's, it's her, her sexual allure, her glory as a woman as a, as a female, as an image a God bearer of the image of God to attract the men and to um, uh, live in that wonderful relationship of, of a complementarity. However, you have um, uh, the Me Too movement, and it's, it's really grown to a point where one of my cousins works in the acting industry, and he says he goes into the casting rooms waiting to be called in, and he sees some of the women sitting there waiting to be called in. He said, you wouldn't believe the things they wear just to do get it attention wear. or don't worry. Yeah. He said, wow. Um, and now there are men who abuse it. And, you know, the, the Gary, what's his name? The gentleman who was uh, called in on it. Uh, oh, I mean, Harvey Weinstein, yeah, Weinstein who's, who who's built his career of abusing women on this issue. Speak about that uh, for a little bit um, regarding modesty and the men's responsibility in, in, uh, and how, do we, how they address that.
1: Well, again, I mean, when it comes back to who we are as human beings and as individuals and women, um have mm-hmm. gotten individual discussion, but as, as women and as men, with our identity comes responsibility. You know, with our bodies comes responsibility. Women are beautiful, enticing, sexy creatures. they are attracted to that by nature. They can't help it. They are going to look at your... Body every time. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it's going to be. And, and it's a powerful one. Uh, it's, very, it's a powerful tool that should not be used as a tool, but it is a powerful thing to put out there in society. Women like that power.
0: Yeah, the advertisement industry capitalized on it.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. So it's a very real thing. And it's very, so the thing is, is that legalistic cultures, where it is, suppresses and oppresses and hides the female power in the female attraction. You know, from either social burgers where you just can't dress, certainly you have to hide away and stay in the kitchen or in the living room, or the actually actually physical ones. Um, you know, or keep men and women separate because you're treating people like animals as uh, so they can't control themselves. The thing here is that with freedom, and God gave us freedom, comes responsibility. And So just just because you're free to show yourself and your sexuality, ladies, does not mean that you always should or that's the responsible thing thing to do. It doesn't have anything to do with shame. Mm -hmm. And this is what a lot of the women, the feminists go, you know, you're shaming me for my body when you're saying, you know, keep it covered up a little bit, you know, at least. Um, No, I'm not shaming you. I'm keeping you tethered to reality that your body has a reaction. And you're responsible for how you present your body. And yes, on the other side of that, a man is also responsible for how he responds to that. Just because a woman is showing her breasts doesn't mean you can go touch them. <laughs> you know, um, and I don't know, most men of the two, maybe just admire from afar. But uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you can lust, it doesn't mean that you can ogle, it doesn't mean that you can abuse them. And you know, even if a woman's being foolish, with, with her, her own sexuality it does not mean you can take advantage of her. One of the best stories my husband tells me is about him in college. He mm-hmm. went out with a friend of his, and they, were, they met two girls. And both the girls got sloppy drunk, yeah. and they went back to the hotel room. And her, his friend just took advantage mm-hmm. of this other girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my husband was like, "I can't. I'm not. I can't." He put her to bed, talked her, and left. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, to me, that 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 is, that's that, that's oh, masculine that's,
0: strength. That your husband, I was reading about that, one of the stories you shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good, a good man. man, and yeah, and, I, mean, I mean, not perfect, obviously, but you know, I mean, many yeah. men are like that. He's, he's not, not unusual. So, not, not all other dogs, dogs.
1: It, but it, that's true masculine, masculine strength is showing self control. So, so just, just like a woman, woman should show self control with the, the expression of her sexuality, sexuality, a man needs to show self control with the, him, him being, an, you know, attracted to or lured into, into the sexuality. sexuality. And it's, it's, none of these issues are issues of shame. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, they're issues of freedom and responsibility. And, and again is. in the context of right. what? Love. Right. So love is our ultimate goal and, and not self love, but loving other, other people. So, so and love and love comes with respect. And mm-hmm. you know, if that's your goal, you're not just gonna go taunt your throw yourself out there for any anyone to grab and look. As far as modesty though and um
0: that that's a bit culturally relative,
1: yes. Uh, and um, so
0: it I mean, obviously, things that are not that are not that are modest today
1: but it's not the same modesty standards of, like, in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. no, we show our ankles without a second thought. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, it was like, oh, oh my. Which is, is ironic, ironic because, because you show cleavage, but not the ankles. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> so,
1: right. it, it does change. You have, to, you have to know where you are in the society or, you know, and in Rome, Rome. So you're in. You know, when wrong you do is wrong. So, if you a society that has developed, you know, a certain kind of modesty or not-modesty, whatever it is, um, then be aware of that. that. There, there is, is some kind of there is still within, within that, that relativism is an objective standard of sexual um nudity and, and that kind of you know, what you're doing with it. Right. So, you know you know it when you see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, I, I want to get your feedback on, um, on something else. The uh, Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, which came out a number of years ago, uh, trying to uh, define in a culture that de- defies defini- definition is on this issue, uh, femininity and masculinity. And they came up with this um, uh, succinct definition. I want to get your feedback on it. I thought it was fascinating. They said, At the heart of mature masculinity is a sense of benevolent responsibility to lead provide and protect women and then it says that the heart of mature femininity is a feeling of disposition to affirm receive and nurture strength in leadership from hear me here worthy men any feedback on those
1: well i think there's there's you know, a character commentary, a moral frame, Mm -hmm.
0: not not just the essence of objectively what is masculine and feminine. So,
1: um, and again, not that we can separate that because we are moral moral creatures. It's another Mm -hmm. part of our humanity. We're not amoral, we're moral, so it's all tied together, right? Um, But I think you can talk about masculine and femininity without being in the overlay of the moral expectations. So I, mean, I would say you know, men are innately masculine in that
0: um,
1: design to provide, protect, to procreate as men and, and to lead as fathers um in the in the family. And uh, that's just part that is born of who they are in their design and as God created them. And
0: that a woman, her response is,
1: femininity is to have have children and to raise children, to nurture them, to um, to give uh, influence, to be an influencer to the man, and I think is part of her femininity, and you know to support him and to be a wise counsel to him, to be the helpmate, and it's very much a king queen kind of relationship there. Now. Does, does that I mean I'm, I'm trying, trying to think of why they're putting in the worthy part? Is that that I think what I they're, they're talking about, and that is because you're not going to go and submit to anyone who's unworthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where your humanity overrides your sexual
0: sexual. And that's why I like that hierarchy of um, identity. Mm-hmm. You know, my responsibility as a woman,
1: you know, is to honor my husband's strength. Does that mean that I honor even when he's abusing me? Mm-hmm. No, because, because that, that would be a violation, violation of, of my humanity. humanity. Okay, that's good.
0: Do you see yes, what I'm saying? Yes, big time. Yeah. So, yeah, many they, women are told to be quiet and submit to their husbands' abuse for many generations. Sometimes. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well it's, it's also misquoting a yeah, scripture in yeah, context of that, but yeah. um, you know, but, yeah. yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I think that you understand your sexuality and that, and that part of it but then overriding that always is, is the humanity and I think when it comes down to abuse and treating people immorally what you're violating is them as a person, as a human being and um, it really is beyond, it's bigger than the sex sexual distinctions hmm. does that make sense? It's,
0: it's much bigger than just our anatomy, our body because it's a, it's a spiritual issue like you said
1: Mm-hmm. Well yeah, yeah and, and you know, so if I'm in a with relationship, relationship with my okay. with a man and you know where he expects me to obey him, you know, or submit to his authority and he's abusive in that, mm-hmm. you know, he he's abusing his role as a human being, you know, because he's not being loving to me.
0: Okay.
1: Do you see what I'm so saying? So then um, he forfeits so
0: his uh, his right to he, do that. He,
1: yeah, know, he's using his masculine purposes to un- in discord with his human, human purposes just, just the same way as an individual you hear know, all the time I can do whatever I want I'm, I'm an individual, individual. Don't, don't tell me what, what to do, do. I mean, this, this is the spirit, spirit of our age yeah, yeah, um, and exactly. so the, what we have now is um, um, a flip of the, the hierarchy, hierarchy of, of identity, identity. Mm-hmm. whereas you yep. know, whatever I imagine and whatever my little individual thing is my subjective views and whatever I want to be defines everything else, it overrides my humanity, it overrides my sex, Mm. the individual, the subjective individual becomes the definer of the identity, and with disregard to the human purposes, the humanity of yourself, to your own sex even, Um, and so you can't do the same thing with masculine, so yeah, masculine man is supposed to be a protector, but that doesn't mean that he he is a protector, can suddenly stop being a human being, Mm.
0: Right. Well, it's the backdrop. It's the other side of strength—the ability to abuse it. It's the backside of beauty and allure to to manipulate men with it. It's um, it comes with the package, isn't it? It comes with that, that, then then mean, made, we're we're made free will. I mean, if you have any, we made our images are free will. We wouldn't be like God, God if we didn't have, have free will.
1: Okay. And, and the, the risk of free will is that He made us to have free will, will because we can't love if we're not free.
0: And our purpose is to love.
1: And if our purpose is to love, we had to be free. God had to give us free will. And otherwise we'd just be a ton of ton, automatons and puppets that obey
0: or do whatever we do, you know, in this kind of deterministic, fatalistic way.
1: Um, but to love, to freely, to love, you have to, to, to engage into with another human being. You have to be free to do that. And if you're going to be free to love, that means you're going to be free to hate. And Adam and Eve definitely proved that one.
0: Oh, boy. And the consequences are evident. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, this this has been a fascinating um, interview. So many insights here. I want to put a lot of this stuff in the show notes and um, request whatever it is you want to add in there. We'll do that. We'll do that later. Um, Any final comments um, uh, for our listeners? Um, Specifically, uh, I want to point out your book is coming out soon so people can uh, focus on that and, and, and learn from that and get that as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, what, what men want to say to, say to women, women that can't, mm-hmm. and it's available on Amazon and Barnes and for pre-order. It'll mm-hmm. mm-hmm. be released February 11th before Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So, so all you guys, guys can give, give it to your, your wives and females and can get then then your, your head. head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, that's. It, it's exactly. not, I really encourage people to read it. It is about, about it, it's, it's about, about these dynamics. It's, it's about, about how to live as human it's beings and as, and as men and women respectfully and in love. And, and, not, not, in, particular, and in particular, this book in particular is not about, about masculinity and femininity per se. It's, it's really, really a celebration of masculinity. masculinity. There's There's so, so many books already written about femininity that I'm like, now I'm going to focus on the masculine aspect. Of course, I talk feminine because you can't talk about about one about the other, but the the focus really is on masculinity and 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 the the celebration of it, it. and the woman's need of it, you know, and I share personal stories, it's It's not an academic, but it's very C.S. Lewis-like in that, you know, I'm telling you from my experiences my work in ministry as well as a journalist, and my observation for years and studies on these issues, Mm -hmm. and dealing with people in ministry and counseling, and we know what I've learned from that, help help broaden people and make them see what we're missing in our society and why and why especially why we become the way we are. Mm. And I think a lot of people see the problem, they they don't really understand how we got here or how to fix it. Mm. And this book is really about that. It's about repairing that damage that's been done to the relationships between Mm. men and women by a very in feminism. Right.
0: Well this has been incredibly helpful. Denise, we really appreciate your time and, um, uh, and resources and all the work you're doing. May God continue to bless you and your family and and, and grow your tribe, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> and to maximize <laughs> the, the, the benefit and the outreach you have, especially to bless okay. your soul. In it. Uh, well, thank,
1: uh, thank you. I appreciate it for being here.